Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And I'll press this button here, this one. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're here in the rugby dungeon and we've got lots of rugby to talk about, but I have two broken men to talk about rugby with. Well, one really. JB, how are you doing there, mate? You all right? Awful. Awful. Dreadful. <laughs> I can't believe you're doing a podcast first. You know, no, no wife at home, no kids at home, they're all away. I thought, I'll, I'll get drunk and then I'll have a nice long lie-in at 7.30 this morning. Phil texts, or you text, or someone texts. I did. Saying we've got a podcast to do. Yeah, well... Immediately. I did mention it last week, but I probably probably should have reminded you yesterday. Because you've had a radio promotion, and you've bought a Greek island, so you need to go go and visit it. It's not on. Right, well, thank you for listening. You can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, where you can also, if you go to the little pin tweet, you can get yourself tickets to our live show, which is happening on Saturday, the 7th of September. Podcastlive.com. We're very excited about it. Mm -hmm. More More on that in a little bit. You alright, Phil? Um, Feeling strong? I wouldn't say strong. I'm a little bit hungover, but not too bad. Yeah. I, I look better than Jay looks. Jay looks like he's been pepper sprayed again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Can't help it. Um, I those those eyes are piss holes in the snow, aren't oh. they? <laughs> right, so, I want to start this podcast off with a moan. And I think I think you'll probably agree with me. My old club, Colwyn Bay, on, on Wednesday. A club which I love dearly. Okay, Had a great session. The rugby was superb. Uh, in fact, anyone in North Wales who is thinking of, of joining a club, join Colwyn Bay. Unfortunately, something, so, something happened. They've banned dogs from the rugby club. This is an outrage of epic what? proportion. Yeah, they've banned dogs from the pitch, from pitch side in the rugby club. Now, do you know those old adverts? If Carlsberg made what you know, what, what whatever it is, if Carlsberg made rugby clubs, there would be everyone would have a dog, and they'd all be on the sidelines. They might as well ban. Barber jackets. Exactly. Or drinking. <laughs> yeah. I was outraged. Every Absolutely rugby club has... Outraged. That, that's crazy. What, what was the reason? Oh, it, no, I... you'll love this. You'll love this. The reason was kids use the field. That's right, because kids oh have never God. used rugby fields before. It's a completely novel situation. This... So, so I oh, have, my God. I have seen issues with very selfish owners walking dogs on pitches in the past and not clearing up after their dogs i agree with that which which that is a, actually quite a major issue do, do you, you not remember part of like mini junior rugby was just doing it if you're the home team you just walk up and down the pitch yeah it, it, like you fan but yourself I, across the pitch and just like do a walk things, you know 
if I'm the sort of guy that let my dog defecate on the rugby field, I'm also the sort of guy which is going to ignore your stupid rules. Yeah, yeah true. You know, or very, very if true. I bought my dog which sits by the, by the tackle shields like he does every rugby session, he's going to be fine. Unbelievable! This is this is what happens when people make too many rules. I hate rules so much. But it's, it's it's not just that. I actually think this is part of a. I mean, I'm not. We're not going to get into the whole tackle thing situation. But Ooh. when people talk about they're worrying about people taking part in rugby, I genuinely think is this sort of stupid rule. I genuinely think that parents are are coddling kids so much. Yeah. That it all it all comes part of that. There will have been a few parents who kicked up a big fuss. Kids use L- little little sorts. Sebastian can't. Little Sebastian, look at that was was near some poo. <laughs> I'm not going to bring him here again. I love the excuse. Kids use the field too. I mean, kids have never used fields. Kids and dogs have never coincided. Anyway, that's 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 my rant over. Yeah. Furious. That, that is crazy. Has that happened anywhere? I'd love to know if there's any. Well, apparently Marlow banned ban dogs. Uh, and then they had to backtrack. Marlowe's a great rugby club. Yeah, Marlowe banned dogs, and uh, they've had to backtrack because they've got a, a public access footpath. So now, you know, they've got to let dogs in. Mm. Unbelievable. <sighs> I got my first concussion at Marlowe Rugby Club. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> How nice. First of many. I think it was only about seven. Were you tackling too, uh, too high? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. If only I'd tackled below the waist, it would have all... I, I would have... Uh, wouldn't have had a single one. Mm. Right. Uh, okay, here's a question to start things off. Okay. Does anyone care about world rankings? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I'm not saying that as a salty Englishman <laughs> because, <laughs> because Wales, Wales are number one. Congratulations to Wales on getting their f- uh, number one. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I, look, they're not the be all or end all, but they're, you know, they're a good indicator of where a team is. Um, you know, I don't like it for Wales one bit. I it's a terrible home of Wales. I don't think they're going to deal with that tag particularly well. But yeah, they are relatively important. Um, Obviously, winning rugby games is far more important. But that's not to say that they're they're irrelevant. Yeah, and I think there's been a lot of kind of complaints about the world rankings in the past week or so. Um, after New Zealand had been top for ten years and then lost it very briefly last weekend after losing to Australia, and then have lost it again. Yeah. Um, I actually think it does. It not directly or not not exactly, but pretty closely. Uh, reflects the trend because I think for the last 10 years New Zealand have been by far the best team in the world yeah, and think... actually now it's probably the first time in 10 years that the gap has actually mm. closed yeah. you've I... got South Africa you've got Wales you've got Ireland and England who all of those teams can beat South Africa on their day mm. beat New Zealand sorry beat, beat New Zealand yeah. yeah I think Phil's exactly right and I think the situation with the rankings this week where you, New Zealand could have ended up at sixth or something ridiculous. They could, or they could have done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it would take freak results in every game. But Yeah, but it kind of does show where rugby's at because, you know, look at the um, esteemed JB Cup. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure who holds the JB Cup now, but believe you me, they don't have a very long uh, yeah. winning streak. It's like yeah. three games or something. None of the Tier 1 teams have got long, long winning streaks. And, you know, in that, you know if you look at it from that angle, the world rankings are re- remarkably accurate. Yeah, which which shows that there's a number of teams that can leapfrog a number mm. of the other teams. I, I guess the one thing you can say is, well, Australia, there were a lot of Australian fans going, look, look at the world rankings, that's not fair, we play New Zealand all the time. Yeah, well... Yeah, but we play I, them three times a year out of our 12 games. I should be like, you know, if I, if I have a training partner who is amazing at, say, jiu-jitsu, and all we do is do jiu-jitsu, I should be able to beat everyone else. I mean, surely... 
Uh, steel shop was it steel shop and steel yeah that's what I, I, that's mm. what I, I would have thought yeah that's, that's, a, that's a good point I, I'm, I'm not saying what I think I'm just saying what people are saying uh, one thing I do think this is my opinion on it is I agree world rankings broadly speaking do summarise where we're actually at but a month away from a world cup who gives a toss yes yeah. that's, that's what I would yeah, say yeah yeah uh, that is a very good point the only time when world rankings are important really is when um, the groups are being decided for the 100%. world cup and that's why you end up with yeah. England, Wales, Australia in the same group in the last World Cup. And you've got England, Argentina, France in the same group this World Cup. And Wales have continually let themselves down when, when it comes to world rankings and groups. Continually. I remember we needed to be Australia. Uh, when was this? God knows. Uh, before the last World Cup. And we, uh, and we couldn't do it. I think we had a bit of, a, a bit of a nightmare this time around too. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's we'll, not. Uh, there's, there's not going to be an award given for... World ranking number one at the end of the World Cup. The JB Cup does correlate, though. To the JB Cup. It does correlate. Isn't it Georgia, our current JB Cup the, champions? Maybe. Well, they can't be, because they're not tier one. Yeah. JB Cup's got, only got tier, tier one, one. isn't oh, it? Right, well, yeah, it's, it's very... South Africa, then, isn't it? Uh, South South no, Japan. It's Japan. Again, they're not tier one. Not tier one. They maybe. are. They're, they're top 12. Tier 1.5. It depends where you draw the line, because I would count tier one as rugby championship plus six nations. Okay. Yeah. But then that causes an issue with... Italy because Fiji Cause are, say, Fiji and Japan are above Italy. Yeah, um, well, F- I'm just looking at the world Japan. ranking. Japan and Fiji are above Argentina and Italy. Mm. What? Um, but that that is a function yeah. of who they play against. Yeah, Georgia yeah. comfortably cancer to the um, tier two Six Nations European Rugby Nations Cup or whatever it's catchily titled every year, mm. whereas Italy get hammered in the Six Nations every mm. year. Argentina are yeah below Fiji and Japan. Right, so after our podcast, uh, Eddie Jones named his England squad. He did. Uh, any complaints or any concerns? Uh, <coughs> 31 men he's named. Biggest concern would be only two tight head props. Yeah, mm. yeah, that is a big concern. And and Harry Williams getting over, getting uh, getting dropped, um, and Dan Cole included was uh, surprised me. I'm not 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 massively against it, but it, it's, it was a surprise. But yeah, only having two tight head props. It's, it is interesting because they do play... So England play their first two games, um, Tonga and USA, within four days of each other. So both of those tired props are going to be in the squad for those games wow. and then the following, wow. which I think they, they have kind of a six or seven day rest then for France, then Argentina. Uh, sorry, Argentina, then France. I think the biggest surprise for me was no Benteo. And, and my, my reason for which being is that when you look at that squad and when you look at what Eddie Jones did yesterday where he brought Owen Farrell on at 12 and we were talking about, is he thinking about Ford Farrell again, 10-12? I think he might be, you know. There there isn't any inside centres in that squad, besides Piers Francis, really. Piers Francis. I have a feeling that we are closer to the test squad from these two games, which I know is not quite the the question you asked, but we are closer to the test squad than people realise. I think Hines is in with a real shout of starting the whole thing. I think Piers Francis is also in with a real shout. And if George Ford carries on playing well, well, like he did last week, at yeah, least. Last, last yeah, last week he played Last week's George well. Ford. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. I, I think it's interesting, the, the squad. And I, I don't know how much to read into what you're hearing about people picking up injuries, people yeah. carrying knocks, people dropping out because of knocks, and how much... Like, if you watch the game, that England team, particularly this week, looked absolutely shattered. They looked out on their feet. Well, so you I... know why this is? Allegedly. 
Well, this this is the, my point. This, this, so allegedly, I, we're hearing stuff about the England team being absolutely flogged. Yeah. Within camp and going into these games fatigued on purpose, which 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 is a it's a massive injury risk actually. It's a massive yeah. gamble. Eddie is insane. I've always said it. He's insane. <laughs> like he's a he's a, he's like a crazy scientist. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it works wonderfully, like with, with Japan versus South Africa. But I'm just not sure he can push these guys as professional as they are as hard as he is. Well, I, th- I think now that I think he will have done it. I, I can only assume that the load is going to decrease a little bit. Yeah, but I don't know. You would, I don't well, know. you would assume that because you're a regular normal person. <laughs> just um, brief, briefly on the centres, uh, Tuilangi has hardly played at twelve mm-hmm. in his whole career wherever he's played. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, uh, so I don't. I just, I just. I, I I'm scratching my head a little bit. I think. I suppose it's only seven games, isn't it? They've got the yeah, it'll be fine. But I just I I can't work out the twelve situation. No, no I, I and I would have thought if Manu was going to be the first choice twelve, he'd be getting game time now. He yeah. would be playing. I don't know. I don't think I'd let him play. He's so fragile. He is fragile. And I mean, also, I mean, th- there's a couple of fragile guys in that squad, like Underhill, for example. Yeah, who is brilliant. His performance against the All Blacks last year, his performance in the Six Nations, was it last year? Oh, that tackle, tackle in the corner. On, oh. on Scott Williams, which was, we got reminded of that in the little video clip that England put out for each of the players. I mean, at his best, he is amazing. That, that video clip was brilliant, by the way. I, I, ge- yeah, I genuinely got a little bit misty-eyed watching that. It was. Uh, it sort of connected you with, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's on the England Rugby Twitter account and social media channels. But they, they just got guys that, used to coach these people as minis or be their school teachers, PE teachers, parents, talking about them as kids um, and, and pictures and videos of them playing when they were kids yeah. for, the, for the 31 men. It was, I thought it was brilliant. It was. It was a great way to announce the squad. It was. Um, uh, ah, that's what I, I, wanted, I wanted to say. How do they do that? So, presumably, Eddie Jones is working these lads really hard and they're all sort of competing for places... Yeah, their men must have called them and said, uh, by the way, we've had England round doing a video. He must have done it for everyone in the 38. But that's even worse, right? <laughs> yeah, because they're, 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 yeah, I'd love to see the ones on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh. So, Mrs. Ben Cocker. Teo's mum crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mrs. Cocker, tell me what it means for, for Tim to be in the England squad. Oh, by the way, he didn't make it. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Um, I'd, I'd love to know what the dynamics were behind those videos, as good as they were. <laughs> Um, just, just to kind of close off the the centres position because mm. I I'm also I think England have got a few problem positions centre being one scrum half being one tight head prop being one a little bit now just because they've only got two of them, um, and back row actually being one only because of the injuries to mm. Curry and um, Underhill and Mark Wilson, which has seen Singleton, but on, on the centres I wouldn't be surprised if in at least one of the games we do see Farrell and Ford. But that means there's no ten on the bench. Well, Pierce Francis, you, but you don't need one do you, if you've got two. You've got two, two of them. You've got two of them. Yeah, yeah. you don't. Which he he did that and had. Um, I'm just trying to think when he when England had their streak playing with those two, they didn't have a. They had kind of two outside backs on the bench, or even you could potentially have a six-two split. Difference being is you can't. You, you basically are saying if one of the if both of these players are fit, then. We could, we're playing this way. If one of them gets injured, we're con- going to completely change the way we play. Well, that's why well, Piers Francis exists. Yeah, that is why Piers Francis comes in. I suppose that's true. And you, 
I'd love to see. I'd love to see That's Henry fair. Slade and Jonathan Joseph. Yeah, Slade's around as well. But Slade has not played twelve. No, he's not played twelve. Tulangi has not played twelve. Slade has not played twelve. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. It well, only really. You're probably Francis. right on Piers Francis there. Yeah, that that is why Piers Francis is in the squad. I'm certain he's going to start Piers Piers Francis. But then, and Willie Hines. He might. He might. I don't think he'll start Willie Hines. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against him starting Willie Hines. But I, I think. I think Eddie has got multiple different game plans that he can go to. It's just how he uses them and how the team uses them and whether they can... The, my, my problem is not the different ways they play. My problem is that the team is slow to react to what's in front of them. Yeah. The team is. And, and maybe that's um, something that comes down from the coaches. But we, I, think, I think we saw it again this weekend. We saw it certainly against Wales in the Six Nations, but I think we saw it again this weekend. Um, that they were trying things and they were banging against a brick wall against a very good, very well organised um, yeah. Welsh defence, but they couldn't break it down. Yeah, they, they couldn't they, figure they, out how to break it down. They do adapt, they do change, but not in accordance to what's in front of them. So what they just decide to, decide to do things which have no relevance to the game at that at that time. Whereas Wales, you know, they are the perfect tool for the for whatever job that they decide that they decide to do, and that's well, the difference. Apart from last week, well, I th- yeah. But again, a lot of chat about Wales trying different things and actually using it as you know a bit of a bit of an experiment. Whereas this week it looked a lot more like Six Nations Wales, mm. a lot more, it which was. I don't like. By the way, I don't like Wales playing like Six Nations Wales because it's brutal. And why, you know, why burn that card in a warm up game? Well, I, I think they. W- I think that's how Wales win games. I think by, so. Yeah. By completely shutting down the opposition. The problem is. When it comes to the the best opposition, and by that I mean New Zealand and South Africa, I don't think they can shut them down for long enough. Yeah, well, you wouldn't fancy Wales trying to shut someone down and then coming from behind. This, this no. is what I mean about all the talk about all lots of different ways to play and stuff. Is I, I would rather do one thing incredibly really well. well. Everyone knows what you're going to do, but you still can't stop it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, if you can get to that point, it's. But it, I mean, and it, then it does. It depends because I think about Toulon. When they, when they won their three back-to-back um, Heineken Cups, and they played like that. I, they were so telegraphed. Everyone knew exactly what they were doing, but n- no one could stop it, or certainly no club team could stop it. Mm. I don't think there's any one way of playing at the international game that is um, that can it can be can nullify all of the teams. Because if, if you have a no, totally forward-dominated pack, someone like South Africa is going to stop you. If you have a totally expansive um, wide game... Someone like South Africa will stop you. Someone like South Africa or New Zealand <laughs> will stop you. So, yeah. Do you know what I, I think, think... you have to be adaptable. I think you have to, but it's, you've got to decide not just pre-game. Yeah. You've got to have the leaders on the pitch who are smart yeah. enough to change, and that's the bit that I've not seen from England. Yes, and that's the bit that when you look at New Zealand, they, the, way that they're, the way that they're developed as youngsters, they have incredible rugby brains. All yeah. of them. They, they just read things. Uh, I think what we saw, and again, I'm, I'm going to sound like a stock record from months and years gone by, but I honestly think the person England missed most from the pitch yesterday was Mike Brown. Interesting. They look so vulnerable. Elliot Daly looks so vulnerable when people chuck up bombs. Mm. The whole back, the back three does. That's why Joe, oh. Joe a singer, I, you, you saw yesterday, I can understand why he's not played as much for Eddie Jones because... Yes, he looks great when he's broken field and he's going forward, but yeah. you start putting b- bombs up 
and and with Daly and Cock and a singer in the back in the back three, you look really vulnerable. Agreed, absolutely. I, I do agree with that. Although I would say I thought Anthony Watson in his two games good. has been very good. Yeah, he's the high been, ball. yeah, he has oh, been he very good. magnificent. He took, one he took a few really good ones. I can't remember who he jumped over, but it, but it was great. Yeah, he did the, he did that a few times. But if I was, um, you know, if I was Argentina, I would be looking at that. If I was France, that is who we play, isn't it? Yep, yeah, I've yeah. France. Yes. Yeah. I, I would be looking at that Wales thing yesterday and going, right, let's let's just keep let's just maybe Argentina those bombs are up. clever yeah. enough to do that. I can't imagine France doing any analysis whatsoever on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, France put in a, a good performance, bloody brilliant performance, my boys. Yes, your prediction yes. against admittedly a slightly weakened Scotland team, but a very good Scotland team. You know, Scotland are a good outfit. They are a good outfit. I mean, this I I read that team. And other than Hogg and McNally and McGuigan, um, well, other than those two, three, I think, oh mate, I think everyone else is playing for a place on the plane. I think, I think those two are guaranteed. Yeah, the whole of the rest of the squad, and I probably even include John Barkley, just because he he's been in and out. Um, oh, quite he's a going. Bit. He's going. I would have thought he'll go, but every other player is a coin toss, and I wouldn't be surprised if of the remaining, say, twelve. Only half of them actually get a seat on the plane, so it was it was very much an experimental side from from Scotland. Mm. But you can only beat what's in front of you, and France did. France mm. comfortably did, and they are when they want to be. That package is brutal, isn't it? They're, ma- they're amazing. And, and any other thoughts sure. on any other thoughts on Wales England? Sorry, just before we oh, right, part okay. that one. Well, so I, I'd ask a question. So the Welsh team, I think, for these weeks has been. First choice, apart from those people who've been injured. Um, yeah. England's team, how many of that team that started this week would be first choice? I have got you, a feeling said, more yeah, than you think. You said, cause, so I would say, I think Daly, yeah. Watson yes. are. Um, I don't think well, I, Cock- I don't know. Singer is. Not, I think not, well, yeah, no, you're right, actually, yeah. No, Cock and Singer's not first choice. I think I think Daly and Johnny May. I think Johnny May May's nailed on. I think Daly now we've seen so much of him at fullback that yep. he is nailed on. Yeah. Watson probably wasn't or Noel. Watson or Noel, yeah. Um Joseph isn't nailed on. No. But I think he will Slade, be Slade I mean, Joseph has played well, but Slade was playing really well as well. Yeah. Piers Francis is definitely not nailed on, no. although he might start. No. George Ford is not. Not Willie Will, Hines, Will Hines not. is not. Genge isn't. Luke Cowan Dickey is not. Dan Cole is not. Launchbury probably isn't nailed on, but might. Mm-hmm. Itoji, you think, would start. Itoji and Cruis, 100%. Oh, I don't know. Laws, maybe. Laws? I think they like Laws in the back row. I, th- I, th- I think they're all. I think they played him. They'll play in tight, wet conditions. They'll play Laws or Itoji in the back row. I think in open, hot weather, you'll play probably well, more like um, Ludlam slash Underhill and Curry. I Wilson. well, that was the other thing. So fullback, I thought was a big issue yesterday for England. Or back, sorry, back three, and the and the aerial threat. And secondly, it was back row. You saw the difference with no Curry yeah. or Underhill massively yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the backs okay. and, and no Mark Wilson as well because yeah. he does. The th- yeah, you're right. The three of those do that. The unbelievable hard work, but the hits and the, the winning that gain line battle in defence. Yeah, so I'm just not looking at the backs, and I honestly think this is closer to a starting team no or format, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, the, the reason that they use Teo 
so much was because Eddie Jones loves a big ball carrier. So like, you look at that back three and think, okay, well, he can pick his two best guys, but then he has to make room for Cock and a singer. He has to because he needs that ball, ball carrier, particularly if he's going to mess around with the Ford, Ford Farrell thing because then he misses his ball carrier. Otherwise, he's got no gain line threat whatsoever. I mean, don't get me wrong. No, they can, no, they can heavy, carry... no heavy traffic <laughs> yeah, gain line threat. Like someone can carry a ball, but not like Cock and a singer or, or, or Manu can. Noel, though. Um, so good. Well, um, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, you know, it's going to be Noel or it's going to be um, May, but I don't think you'll see Noel and, and May. And the other one is Jonathan Joseph. I think Jonathan Joseph is undeniable. When he gets back into form, like when he was fit, he, he might be like the first name on the team sheet. He's such a good player. Not only is he good going, going forward, he's great in defence too. Um, he, he is underrated in defence. Yeah, they are. So, so is Henry Slade. Well, I just think the rediscovering. Uh, the genius, which which is Jonathan Joseph now, and coming World Cup, he will probably play. So the guy who would miss out might be Ford, might be Pitt, um, or or might be Pitt Piers Francis. You but could make a that. great boy band out of the England backline. Oh yeah, <laughs> you could. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm incredibly blocked up as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's all self inflicted. There's no sympathy, or is it? Or is this uh, hay fever? Okay, worst. fair enough. I've got that. Uh, now. One other thing that I didn't like about this game was Pascal Gauzier, the referee. He was infuriating. I don't like just moaning at the refs, but he did not keep control of this game. And I just, I, I, that's one thing I really hope we're not talking about come World Cup time. I don't really care in this, in, the, in these warm-up matches, but if, if there was a performance like that in a World Cup, that w- I would be... You're right, Jay. I would be <laughs> mass, massively bothered because he didn't keep control... He, there were some really peculiar decisions. That I'd... Yeah, and he, he he let people get away with a bit too much at the rook initially, but then started penalising everything. So you had this like no in between. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the way that the the game was refereed last weekend, the England Wales game, particularly in the first half, where it was very open at rook time, and it, he he did let the boys play. Yeah, um, I agree. And both teams, both teams l- learnt that quite quickly, and both teams kind of knew they had almost an extra second to clear out the rook before a penalty would have been given. Uh, and it let the game flow a bit better. Yeah, I agree. So. There was there was one particular bit. I remember he, he, he pulled Ben Young's back after a quick tap penalty. Hey, what? And then it wasn't, it wasn't long after. There was a TMO decision. Wales got given a penalty and he let them take it quickly. <laughs> quickly. <laughs> you, what, 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 oh, I just... It was... Yeah, so anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll mention the referee. I'll just say I'm only mentioning it in the context of I really hope we're not talking about bloody refs. I like agree with everything you just said. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and decisions being given in one game that are not given in other games. Yeah, like that's there was, there was one like Dan Bigger not getting uh, penalised, jumping into the air, kneeing Marowitoji in the in the balls, and uh, and what and swinging cl- swinging oh, arm to the face. So, like <laughs> let that go, but then. When Dan Bigger's trying to get to the... When Lewis Ludlam's holding up Dan Bigger and Dan Bigger's trying to get to the floor. And so so uh, yeah. there was the point at which Dan Bigger's head was at Lewis Ludlam's waist level and therefore his forearm was round Dan yeah. Bigger's neck by Dan Bigger's own doing. And then Lewis Ludlam gets pinged. I, yeah, I, that, was, that was a bit ridiculous. It was, it was ridiculous. Anyway, anyway enough on yeah. that. That's not, I'm not being a salty Englishman. No, yeah, Fair no, play no. to Wales. Yeah, fair play to Wales. And... It, that defence is really, really important to Wales. Isn't it, it? it? It's so important. It is so brutal and it's so hard to do, but it is so important. 
Yeah. And 700 caps they had on the field in that f- starting 15 versus England's like 450. Uh, the Stuart Lancaster um, equation, which is you need an average amount of caps to win, to win a World Cup. Regardless of the rugby that you play, you must have an, the right amount of average caps. It's just confusing correlation and causation. Exactly, yes. Poor, poor old Stuart. Well, there must... Well, yeah. Well, no. I don't think you can say you're confusing correlation and causation in that one. Oh, my God. I heard a great story. Sure, surely the experience, surely that level of experience has a causation, causational effect. Yeah. You, you would assume, but not not everyone who has... No. Well, not everyone. And yeah, also, so mean, not yeah, everyone otherwise, has, we'll just get... Um, Brazil, Brazil's just get Jason Leonard world. out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, exactly. I had an amazing story. An amazing story, okay? Um, pro, Pre-World Cup. So I was kind of having a little think about the England regimes and how they work, and I came to the conclusion that they're both insane, both Eddie and Stuart, in very different ways. In the same way that Stalin is insane, and so is Hitler, right? They're complete opposites, but they're both insane. And um, Lancaster, this isn't... I hope this is true. Took his coaches to talk to horses before the oh, World yeah. Cup. Did we? <laughs> did we not cover this at some point? Uh, I, the, now, now we mention it. I think. I think. I think we might have when you when you started reading House of Lancaster. <laughs> oh wow! So I was like, oh, oh, remember the good old days of Stuart? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Playing Brad Barrett at thirteen and. Sam Burgess at 12 and talking to horses because the theory goes of course if you can talk to horses you can talk to players exactly the same thing <laughs> no difference is that real? I, I hope it is let's just say it is let's pretend it is oh wow go talk to horses I like Big Stew yep. <laughs> how can you not? He's, he's an animal lover he's a nice guy he puts on the cones he's a, he's a great guy just not the, not the England coach uh, uh uh, right, other, other games. Well, yeah, absolutely. Did, so, who who saw who saw any other games? I, I, I've seen them all. No, stop. Before we say anything, else, I've got to remember to say this. Right, um, an international rugby player is not very happy with us. Oh, which one? Uh oh. Well, I'm going to let you guess. We had a conversation a, a few weeks back, and obviously they're just catching up on episodes. Oh, we have a lot of rugby players listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, we 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 were having a conversation about, and I can't remember how we got into it. It was like we were trying to go, how many Canadian rugby players can we name? And there's one, oh, there, there's one Jeb we Sinclair. missed off. Sinclair. We missed off oh, Jeb Sinclair. How could we possibly miss off Jeb Sinclair? That'd be that'd be the first name on most of my lists. Yeah, of course. So Apologies. he he just he 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 messaged me the other day, going. You, you had a conversation about Canadian players that I didn't get mentioned. I've been on your podcast. Yeah, that's that's poor form by us. <laughs> that, that is poor form. That is, sorry, Jeb. Yeah, sorry, Jeb. I hope you keep him well, mate. Mm. Um, uh, just one other thing of the England game. Who likes Eddie Jones's shirt? Is this the the um, Wolf of Wall Street? Pink shirt with white. Oh, with white colours and about four buttons yeah, undone. At least I, four buttons is it undone. Eden Park that he wears. I think it is Eden Park. If he was in like oppressive humidity in Japan, I get it. But it was about eighteen degrees yesterday. Yeah, but you've got to train like you mean it. <laughs> you know, the prepara- preparation is key. He looks like you will have done at the end of your night out last night, Jay. <laughs> yes, I imagine. <laughs> he looks like you after a club dinner. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm usually in a substantially more, uh, a substantially worse state than that. There, there were a lot of people at Broughton Park that sent their regards, by the way. Oh, good, good. I hope, I hope they're all doing well. Um, let's talk about a different game. Yes. New Zealand, Australia. Yes. And I actually think this, this is really important. 
Um, well, the scoreline suggests that Australia got hammered. Uh, I don't tend to disagree with that too much. But I will point out this. The difference between these two games, uh, these two teams, was purely down to the breakdown, in in my opinion. I thought New Zealand had absolute mastery of the breakdown. I'm not sure how they get away with it. I'm not sure <laughs> how it continues to happen. But that's basically the story, you know, the tale of the tape, which is New Zealand absolutely dominated the breakdown and it killed everything that Australia did. Every time they had a bit of go forward, they'd be stealing the ball. Uh, you know, it ruins everything. So, uh, yeah, that was New Zealand. Um, New Zealand playing with two open side flankers. Yeah. In RD and Sam Kane. But I just don't mm. understand, like, they are all over the ball. You know, they are, you know, they're not supporting their weights. Uh, there's two or three lads doing it. They're coming in from all different angles. And the ref just waves it off as if it's fine. Continually. Well, what, again, going back to something I said earlier, I think the, the most impressive thing about New Zealand is how clever all the players are. They know when to, when not to. They read all the referees a bit, a, a bit tough on this, so I'll be whiter than white on that. And they know when they can take yeah. an, an extra set. <coughs> they're just the smartest rugby players on earth. And that that's from a very young age. That's the way they're coached, the way they're brought up. And it, it doesn't matter what position they're playing. And it's partly, you know... Um, a lot of the rugby players they're not they're not gym monkeys that get that pick get told you're that position and that's all you ever are they're all ball players and i just i just think that rugby intelligence probably usually when you're talking about how is it new zealand do this or get away with this or why are they so much better at that it usually comes down but to like, the, you, their rugby intelligence if you took the new zealand jerseys off them and put them in i don't know leicester tigers jerseys or something and you recreated that breakdown you'd say penalty every day of the week i mean i reckon there, there was a good handful of penalties complete, completely missed out and when they do it, when they all come diving off their feet, not supporting their weights, it absolutely devastates the opposition team. You go from like really good ball when you're attacking to penalty and, and lying out New, uh, New Zealand halfway down the field. Or so really they, slow, disrupted are, are ball. You, yeah. Are you basically putting forward a conspiracy theory? <laughs> yes, I guess I am. Because <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't say it's a conspiracy theory, but I do notice... Yeah. Like, it, it was the old joke about McCaw's invisibility cloak that he's just passed on to, to other players now. All of them, though? Yeah. Um, with the exception of Dane Coles, who got yellow-carded for... Oh, by the way, not ch- a yellow card. Chucking Nick Nick White. I mean, I, I'm kind of... I'm okay with a yellow card being given because it was a stupid thing to do. Yeah, but it, uh, it's, for idiocy. Yeah, yeah, for stupidity. Not he, for danger, just for stupidity. I don't think he even made contact with his neck. I think he was, like, fiddling around, like, oh, not quite the neck. I'll go hit this, grow the shoulder. And also he got warned. I, got, I get he got warned. But he got warned without conceding a penalty. So he either conceded a penalty or he didn't. He either did something wrong or he did nothing wrong. Okay, because otherwise he concedes a penalty. So he gets warned about something which he hasn't done wrong, like you know, just or basically a calm down. But that's not a warning. He's not done anything wrong. And then he gets yellow carded. It wasn't yellow. It was, it was a penalty. Should have been reviewed. Penalty. Play on. I'm happy with the yellow card for stupidity. Mm. He, Dane Cole does need to learn, but he, he's someone. That you can rile up. He was riled. There's no two ways about that. Yeah. He's someone that other teams can see that and exploit it. Yeah. I just need to duck out for a second now, gents. Excuse me. Ooh. Sorry. Ooh. <clears throat> Sorry. Wonder where, wonder where he's going. Interesting. <clears throat> was there any, anything else that caught your eye in this game? What, other than 36 points to nil? The nil. nil. The nil is important. Nil is amazing. The nil is very important because Australia do have attacking threats all over the field, and they had guys who were punching holes all over the field. They just could never get... But that was the thing. They were breaking the line. Yeah, yep. And then 
they were being basically cheated out of ball by the All Blacks. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I'd say that the New Zealand scramble defence was very effective and efficient uh, and shut the Aust- shut Australia down. When they, which is the, the hardest thing to do, actually. When someone's bent your line and is in behind you and you're scrambling defence, it's very difficult to, to catch up again. And New Zealand did that time and time again. And it, Australia do have game breakers all over the line. Like, Karevi and Korobeti are monsters. They're brilliant. I sort of hope that this... I hope this result does two things. Number one, I hope it alerts World Rugby to the canniness of the New Zealanders around, <laughs> around the breakdown. And there should be some sort of directive going out saying, watch these guys, they're cheats. <laughs> they got um, a conspiracy against them to counteract the conspiracy. Exactly, yes, that's, yes. That's that's the way it works. And number two, I hope that they really do believe that the way forward is going to be Richie Mwanga and Bowden Barrett because they will come unstuck. So yeah, World Rugby, all the other teams in the, in the world, I should say, should be hoping that these are the outcomes from that game. Yeah. Yeah, and it, New Zealand in this game, they showed just how punishing they can be. But New Zealand in the past few games have shown that they're beatable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, just don't know, well, I don't know where it leaves everyone. Because last week I was sure that Australia were, were getting good again. Zero points suggest that I was wrong. And then... Well, yeah, it, it's... If you look at the last four years of Australia, we've got one good performance. Now, they, they've, they've put in other good performances in that time. But we've had one really good performance and then a lot of mediocre performances. Or bu- Is that a record, averages. 36 points? I bet it's not far off. I don't know. 36-point gap must be close to a record. It's it's a big old gap. What a way to respond to your record loss to then go and inflict a near record, record loss di- yeah. on, on the opposition they next did, week. They did wake a monster, didn't they? Um, what, One thing, Aaron Smith did something that people are calling, oh, look, oh, he did a... Pucker dive. What's that was at home? I, I, exactly. That's what I was going to ask you. I was hoping someone would know. Basically, it's um, he, he pulled a face while he did basically an, an ash splash with his tongue out. Oh, right. Is that, a, is, that, is, that, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? Oh, am I, <laughs> sorry, am I is supposed to be outraged? Or is it... I've, I've, no, I think it's fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just I was hoping someone might be able to shed some light on what it is, what its origin is, why I think it matters. If, um, I think if Aaron Smith is causing controversy with his rugby dives, we're all in a good place. Yes, absolutely. If that's the most controversial thing <laughs> Aaron Smith is doing, <laughs> we can all move on. Father-to-be, Aaron Smith. <laughs> yeah. I, I still feel sorry for Aaron Smith. It's up to him what he gets up to uh, in, exactly. in the privacy of a that's cubicle. Let's not go there. No one else's business. Any, anyone else stand out? So I, I mentioned Karevi and Korobetti, who I thought were brilliant in a, a hammered Australian team. Um well, the two, the two New Zealand wingers. Yeah. Interesting selection of the Crusaders boys. Yeah. Um, Bridge and Severice, both of whom showed their class. They did. Showed I, their threat. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say one thing. I'll say, and I'm not getting to a big conversation. It's, it's an outrage that Severice is playing for New Zealand. There you go. I said it. It shouldn't be happening. I, no, I, I'm happy. I'm I, happy. I, I think he's absolutely fine to play with it, and I don't begrudge him because he's going to do, he's going to do better for his family. And for his own future by being a New Zealand international than a Fiji international, I just wish that wasn't the case. Because uh, he's not a New Zealander, he's Fijian. Oh, right, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, but it's same, same as Corabetti <coughs> on uh, the Corabetti as well? Was uh, it just, no, no, I'm, no, I'm no, not no. I'm sure about Corabetti. Well, Corabetti's played, he's born in Fiji, raised in Fiji. Played rugby league for Fiji, yeah, and he's now playing rugby yeah, union it's for it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, oh, I will point out this. Uh, I thought I thought Sonny Bill had a really good return. He did. 
Yeah. Oh, it's so good seeing Sonny Bill. He looks so good. He's so cool, isn't he? Is there any... Like, By the way, he... why is his waist so small? Yeah. <laughs> his waist is so small, his shoulders are so big. Yeah. yeah. His, his waist might not actually be that small, it's just his shoulders and arms, are, and his thighs are so big. Yeah. What a specimen. He, he's incredible. If you had... In fact, we should probably do this at some point. In fact, I'll punt it out for, 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 you... ne- for next week. A... Um, Specimen 15, people who look the best in rugby kit. Because uh, Sergio Parise, yeah. number eight. It Vic- would have been Vic- PS Beast if he was still playing. Yeah, true. Victor Vito's got to go in there in the back row as well. Mm. I love Victor Vito. Yeah. Uh, rather than a Specimen 15, I would do, if Carlsberg made rugby clubs type thing, not only would I have dogs allowed on the sidelines, I'd also have um, the back line all looking like Sonny Bell. Yeah. That, that's my ideal. Only... But that could just be rugby league, actually. Only... Large boys shorts available. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, the key ingredients for our perfect rugby club. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, w- it was good to see. Sonny Bill did. He got a lot of good go forwards, some nice offloads. Got the try. Um, yeah, it looks looks like he's because there, there has been some talk of him. Is he a little bit past it? Should he be on the plane? And Hanson, I think I think I mentioned is is he actually going to make it? Yeah. But Hansen, Hansen has always Hansen defended him. him. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. Hansen came out when there was some of that speculation a little while ago and said, look, we've got more than enough data to know that Sonny Bill is a very, very good rugby player. We, we is... were talking, uh, one difference between last week and this week, I don't know if you mentioned it while I was just out the out the room for a sec, but Tua Pilotu, the lock, he, <laughs> he is putting his hand up, isn't he? Because, yeah. oh, man, the brutality of that fella. He, yeah, he, he put a hit on Curtly Beal, which was just... Awesome. He's been around for a while. Like yeah. He's not. He's not always probably twenty-five or so. But I remember watching him in um, Chicago. And Does he play six occasionally? I think he's more an out-and-out out second row. Who he's like, he's like the inverse of Via Fafita, who I think is yeah. who you're thinking of. Fafita. Uh, uh, yeah, that's the guy who played six and just Sh- ran Sh- half Sh- the field. And they yes. tried to make him a lock. Yeah. And Shannon Frizzell is another one yeah. who's, on that, who's similar to Via Fafita, who plays six, but is big enough to be able to play lock. Big boy, Tua Pilotti. Yeah, 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 he could be. Yeah, and he 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 made a real difference. I, I wonder if he might have he might have played himself into a starting jersey. Yeah, because they say they don't have much in the way of locks. Well, you got White Lock, Tuplotu, Barrett, and hopefully, uh, what's his name? Ritalik. Ritalik. I hope does yeah. come back. Ritalik. Well, it it was the your first the first name on the team sheet. Ritalik. Yeah, he is. Um, he he's out certainly for the next few games. Might be back for the World Cup. If it's then Scott from... Barrett gets banned for uh, a number of games, which include um, certainly non-international games. Yeah, uh, which people are complaining about. Oh yeah, that, well I do think they've got a point there. Yeah, because he was never going to play the bloody mighty, mighty, mighty Pro Cup. Ten. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure Sale Sharks added an extra fixture to their. Uh, Pre-season last year. <laughs> do you know what? Oh, they did. did, they, did they, they did. Against Sale, Sale FC. FC. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, hastily arranged. Another, another game against Sale FC. Fancy that. Three in three days. <laughs> <laughs> um, just on, you mentioned the um, eligibility, Severo Reese and Corabetti. Yeah. Dan Leo had um, some interesting comments this For, week. Former Samoan uh, international, former London Irish and... Wasps, yeah. No, London Irish. Might have got that wrong. Former Wasps, definitely. Definitely. And also definitely. one of the one of the nicest yeah. guys in in rugby too. If yeah. you ever get a chance and to like, have a chat with him, he's he's bloody brilliant and a bloody smart bloke as well. Yeah, very very smart bloke. Um, in spite in spite of all the in spite of all the high shots he'll have got down the years. Oh yeah, if, and all the high tackles he'll have made as a Goodness big me. big tackling Samoan. Um, it makes you think. 
So he he mentioned something that we we touched on. We've talked about this ago. loads. Yeah, we actually mentioned it a number of times. In fact, times I think Dan Leo clearly years, a listener, one hundred percent. Which is kind of I, I don't know the I can't remember the phrase he actually used. Was it homecoming eligibility? Yeah. So where a player has a handful of caps for a tier one nation, less than twenty, something like that. I, I don't know. If less than five, with us, but. Yeah, let's let's just call it less than ten for now. Yeah. It, it's it's a limited number, um, but they are also eligible for a tier two nation if a given period of time to be agreed number of caps and period of time to be agreed, they should be, then become eligible for selection for their home nation. So someone like uh, Naira Voro, mm-hmm. who's one or two caps for um, Australia, should be eligible for or could potentially be. Rokadaguni could have done it a couple of years Fiji, ago. Yeah, yep. Rokadaguni. Nathan Hughes potentially, if sufficient time passes, um, yeah. So it would be interesting. So that I I quite like that idea. Mm. And, and the biggest point that that Dan Leo made was it's a non-financial thing that World Rugby can do very easily to benefit Tier Two nations. Yeah, I can't see the Tier Ones buying that one bit, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I think they should do it. I, I think World Rugby should look at the benefit for the game because if 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 Fiji, for example, um, had some of the uh, talent at their disposal that they don't have at their d- disposal, which, which alongside the, disposal the talent Ale- that they do Ale- have, Alavaretti Raka, yeah. for example, uh, yeah, well, he wouldn't be he he would be, <clears throat> but someone like um, well, Rocket Guni would Rocket be Dune. on that. Oh, right. I see what you're saying. People yeah, who would who would fit Dan Leo's calls criteria, uh, well, criteria uh, right but now, if, yeah. if they had the full talent available to them, God, they could be some team. I'm sure Noni was talking about Samoa. Yeah, he was at one point talking yeah. about um, a comeback. Um, Charles Piertau was talking about Tonga. Yeah, it'd be amazing. That would so, be, Charles Charles Piertau would be a great amazing. example. So, and that I'm, and this is what I want to see. And, and so, fine, the rules are, and I'm not going to go on, on a moan about it, but that's I want to see Charles Piertau in a Tonga jersey by yeah. what by whatever by brother. whatever means necessary. I wish he'd always been in a Tonga jersey because when he sings that anthem, he I, will mean that. I don't think you wrote him. I don't I'm not saying I don't I don't I'm not saying they don't want to play for their countries. I'm saying that they have different goals. I mean their of goal course. is to play for no, no, no. France S- yeah. or New Zealand. Of course. So I said I would I yeah, I, yeah I, I, and I'm I'm not going to go over old ground. I want the situation to be such that the the mo- you're not thinking oh, I'd love to play for my homeland and the and and the and the nation that I was born and raised I in and, and the, all, the, all my <laughs> all my relatives are for. I want to I want to make loads of coin. I I I'd, I'd I'd like to think the two aren't mutually exclusive, mm. and but the way that the France. way the way that the whole world rugby um, recent meeting conference thing went down, that's ne- that doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. France and South Africa would be the two teams that I really want to play for. <laughs> that would just be incredible, particularly France. If yeah. you could pick a nation to play for, Phil, what would it be? Aside uh, from England, Engl- obviously. Well, England, of yeah. course. Um, mm, you could question. pick another nation to play for. Another nation I definitely wouldn't play for. I quite. I think Georgia would be quite cool. That's Georgia cool. would be, and America would be very cool. America. Would oh, be cool, USA actually. would be seriously Team, cool. Yeah. Team USA. Team USA would be very cool. And oh, actually, Argentina. Be, oh God, that, Hag- that just Jaguares playboy. Jaguares playboys. That stash. Now the worst team to play for by a country mile, in my opinion, is Scotland. Having to drive up to Scotland every, you know, every so on to go to a cold, wet, dark camp somewhere. No, no, not for me. One bit. <laughs> Scotland. I like it is cold that. and it is dark. It, it is the it most is, nor- you, probably the most nor- most northerly team. 
Uh, depends how you bridge um, Canada, oh, <laughs> where, yeah. where, you, where you stop counting Canada. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, other than that, yes. I think I would go most normally tier one nation. Yeah, I'd go. I'd go for. I'd go for Argentina. As well. Argentina would be cool. France is cooler. Anyway, that's enough <laughs> of that. <laughs> I, I'm, New Zealand, I wouldn't be so keen on just because. The, oh, like, like, so la- the lack of fun. They, they are. They are. Like, I have absolutely zero interest in celebrity lifestyle or anything like that. Like people who want to want to be famous for famous sakes, I, I think are crazy. And New Zealand are the rugby players are famous. They are, they are like. Uh, Aaron. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Smith. You can tell that from the haircuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I missed a good humor. Yeah, but they they are simultaneously very famous, okay? With none of the fun. In fact, in fact, it's well, like it limits the. It does. Well, massively New Zealand's not a very fun. I've, I mean, I've not been actually, but it's, it doesn't strike me as a very fun country. No, they're very serious, aren't they? Um, well, no, not just that. It's just there's not, there's not a lot going on. There's only a few million people there. <laughs> yeah, people who go to New Zealand often cite like, "Oh, I can't wait to go to New Zealand. I'm going to go trekking." Ugh. I, I, oh, I'm going trekking. <laughs> I would love to go. To, I'd love to go to the yeah. Marlborough wine region. Yeah, I'd, but I'd love that's, to go but, to no, that's, that's, that's what I mean. You that, have that's a, you, what I want to do. I definitely you, do that. Yeah, you'd have a lovely. But let me put on my Gore-Tex shoes and walk for ten miles. Well, no, that, that that would be nice. But that's what you get when you go to New Zealand. You're not going to go less. Oh, we're going to have some incredible. It's not like going wild to New York, nights. is it? No, <laughs> no. I'm going to go drinking. It's going to be all over by eleven o'clock. And oh my go god! Go when I think in New York, when what was it? What was it that night? We we started shucking oysters in a in a in a New York <laughs> old in an old it's traditional old New York pub. pub. Yeah, and it was like um happy hour after work. Everyone was yeah. coming out of uh, we, we ended up in the British consulate. Of course we oh, did. No, Irish consulate. Irish, Irish consulate, consulate having half, Guinnesses half with the with the London Irish team. Yeah. yeah and that... then I don't actually remember where we ended up. <laughs> no, I can't was... remember the rest of it. But we, I... we were in some it was a rooftop bar because Jay, you were feeling very ill drinking at sea level. I was. <laughs> so we had to take you to a rooftop bar to altitude. Yeah, thank you for that. It really yeah, it did help out like I remember the Irish concert because that was the the single moment that I realised that Tom Coventry was not a leader of men. <laughs> when he was mumbling <laughs> yeah. the question. Oh god, this guy's in charge. Shit. <laughs> yeah. And the first time that I met I met great mates. I've been great, great mates. mates ever since. Yeah. Oh yeah, you too. Great, great mates. mates. Um, um, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to rub it in. That was me that went to the British consulate before you arrived. Sorry about that. Yes, we were the Irish one. <laughs> that, that was bad because you would walk around this guy's apartment on this. Again, you'd have been very happy at, at, yeah, at a serious yeah. level of altitude. And um, 
there was pictures of all the royal family members that had come and visited. And Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> who who took it, who committed suicide? I understand. Uh, allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, we don't want to uh, promote conspiracy theories, but allegedly. Well, yeah. I mean, it just it just so happens that the guards fell asleep. Yeah. It just so happens that the CCTV malfunctions. Weird. It just so happens that um, being on suicide watch meant that um, you know there, there weren't any there was nowhere for him to hang himself up high, so he, he yeah. leant forward off his bed, but nevertheless broke bones in his neck. It's incre- Bizarre. incredible. Bizarre. Uh, let's talk about France, because they're, because they're amazing. I'll tell you what I'll do. I will just, before we do, yes, you're right, they are amazing. They are great. Oh. Lovely kit. But we have a live podcast on September the 7th. Saturday, September the 7th. The Time is running short. Uh, there's loads of people coming. We want you to come and join us. It's not just us. There's a bunch of other podcasts going to be there. We'll be watching the Wales Island game in the middle of it whilst having a Negroni um, and grimacing through it. And we will be doing our podcast. Will Greenwood will be there. Um, but podcastlive.com is what you need. It's in the East Stand at Twickenham, the brand new revamped East Stand. On the day that England fly out to Japan, they'll have played who the night before? Italy. Italy They'll have played Italy in their final warm-up game the night before, then they're flying out to Japan. What a perfect time to get excited about the World Cup at the home of rugby in what could be the start of a historic campaign for one home nation. We will be there talking about it at Mm. Twickenham. Podcastlive.com. Put us as your preferred podcast. We'll get you a a seat right there. You get to witness JB launching his campaign for RFU domination. At least actually think of some policies, though. And also get the year right. More expenses. More expenses. Yeah. Yeah, much more expenses, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also make sure it is 2020, not 2021. But any, either way. And, you're, um, and you need to think of your campaign as well. Yeah. 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 Don't worry. I'll have it all sorted. M- merch, that sort of thing. Merch. Oh, yeah, some hats. R- running mates. Make, rug- running mates. Make, make rugby great again hat. Yeah. <sighs> that would be... What about- that'd be too good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> Goodness me, I feel terrible. Come on, let's talk about France. France. Because I want to talk about France. Did Mass- you watch this game? Yeah, I, 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 I saw it in the pub. I mean, did you? I, I was present whilst it was on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I saw it. I haven't seen it. What learns did you make from watching a giant French, France, French team? France are bloody amazing. Um, and they are amazing. I mean, some of their tries were outstanding. The um, Maxime Med- Medard one in, in particular. Uh, and they just look like they're coming together, weirdly. The, both the wings played played excellent uh, P- Pernod is a real talent. I mean, not yeah. that I'm telling you there, but he really is an absolute genius. Pernod and Racker, God. Yeah, they've got... Devastating wings. I mean, just, just the backs. Fofana and Fiku were playing in the centres. Yeah. And Fiku is looking good. So, uh, the overall takeaway is these guys are going to make, make the World Cup final. I think they're going to beat England. In the World Cup final. Yeah. Fra- France have made three World Cup finals, is it? Out of seven? Yep, or well, two out of uh, they, they got the eighty-seven final. They got to the final when they beat Wales in the semi-final. They did twenty eleven, twenty eleven, and that's it. Sorry, they've got to two, two, two out of seven. Hang on, is there not another one? They're not nineteen. Who's nineteen? No, they went to the final against New Zealand, right? Yeah. I know there's 20... been eight World Cups. Yeah, they went to the final against New Zealand. They played New Zealand at least twice in finals, right? They have played them twice in the final. Have they played England in the final? No, in the semi-final or. a... No, yeah, they've, they've lost to New Zealand twice, surely. No, three times, because in 99, they uh, lost to Australia. They lost to Australia. Yeah, yeah so go. three times. Three out of oh, eight. yeah, they beat New Zealand on the way th- on the way there. Three out of eight, yeah, that's right. With, so I went do- to with Dominici and... Uh, and in 2007... Bernard Sals. And, and, Le- and Le Maison and Garbajosa yeah. yeah. and all those And boys. the other Entomac. And what was the, what was the, uh, what was the 
big lock, the, the, the skipper, lock, flanker. No, Palouse. No, there was Palouse, and, and there was the guy that's um, of, uh, uh, like, Moroccan. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name, though. And his brother played ben, Benazi. Benazi. Caleb Benazi. Uh, it was his brother, so he Abdul. was... Abdul. Abdul Benazi. I can't believe I remember his brother before him. And <laughs> Intermac Senior. Yeah, Emil Intermac. Mm. Yeah, these... Uh, Probably Pano Senior as well. <laughs> Probably. I don't know how... I don't know how... The, how it's going to work, okay? But can France play South Africa in the final, or are they in the same side of the draw, or how's it? Uh, Is there it, a route? It, 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 it totally depends. depends who finishes first and second, right? So, so England v France is a big game on that. On that tip. England, aren't, England can't win this. I'm telling you now, they cannot win this. Beat France, not happening. Uh, France are better. Uh, France, if they get it together, are be- better than them in almost every every possible aspect. The backs are better. The front row is better. The, the, even the locks are bigger. Now, maybe England have got the advantage on, on the locks. They, they just can't win it. If France get their act together... It, that's a big if. Yeah, that's a big if. A big and if. also, going back to where we started, we don't need to go over all ground, but we haven't been seeing the England starting team. Let's, let's wait. Let's just, let's just wait. Okay. Let's just wait. And Racker's a beast. Racker's an absolute beast. He is. Now, this, this will be a disappointing result for Scotland. Um... Only scoring the three points, but as I said before, I do. I think this is a, a very much a second string Scotland team. Well, Hugh Jones, uh, I'm looking through this now. Obviously, Stuart Hogg. Yeah, you're right. It is. It, it is. is. You, you you would struggle. To, I mean, yeah, uh, they're all in with a shout, but there are good alternatives to, to almost everyone there except for Stuart Hogg uh, and McAnally. Oh yeah, maybe maybe. Now, did anyone see the Italy result? No, uh, I don't even know what it was. What really? It's it's remarkable. I think um, they beat not Spain by fifth by <laughs> eighty five points to fifteen. They beat not Spain eighty five fifteen. Yeah, they did. They hammered them, and so I've, I've not seen any of the game. But um, someone who scored a hat trick, who it's very good to see back for international, and someone who will be seeing um, in the Premiership next year, Matteo Minotti got a hat trick. So. That is exciting. That is exciting. And Matteo Minotti is going to be wearing a change kit. That yes, but bear, I'm proud of this podcast. Well, I'm just proud of it anyway, because it's you know we have no backers, no, nope. no one funding us. We have nope. no stars uh, or ex internationals. Sorry, we have no ex internationals. JB, there you go. Oh, uh, okay, fine. <laughs> I've, got, I've got I've got a cap for the Welsh deaf team. <laughs> I don't know why you insist on forgetting this. And also, I was on a televised game. Uh, for for the hard knocks against some um, <laughs> juvenile delinquents, I think that I think that's a pretty good pretty good resume. It's a pretty good CV. Exactly. Uh, JB aside, we have no stars, and yeah, um, so I'm very proud of the podcast anyway. But I am proud of the influence we've had. We we directly influence Canterbury's kit launches. They now more often than not wear boots. Yep, they do. As a direct result of this podcast, and I'm now thinking that clubs have started to listen when we've been talking about sympathetic colour palettes on, yes. on jerseys. And Wasp's change kit is a prime example. They've changed their sponsor to Vodafone, whose logo is red. Yep. But it's not on the Wasp's change jersey. It's, change bla- jersey. it's black and white to yeah. fit in with the colour palette of the jersey. Perfect. Which is Perfect. great. Yeah, well very done. good work. And nice jerseys as well. I quite like those two. Bit bit simple, but... Um, the home jersey good. does have well, red, like, red uh, on the Vodafone logo. But. Yeah, I don't like... The fact that wasps should clearly be in hoops and they're not. There's a little hoopy bit on the sleeve. Yeah, I, li- be uh, full hoops. Hoops. I like full hoops. I do like full hoops. 
but I, I quite like the kit. Um, there was another kit, or two other kits released this week. Sail Sharks. Which looks great. I haven't seen it. Um, there is a, vi- a pic- the picture that they used. Let me get it up now. There you go. They're modelled by the extremely handsome John O'Ross. As flankers go, pretty handsome. Very handsome. But it's quite, quite a nice kit. Something weird about it. No white. No white at all. No, look. There you go. Oh, other than the... Yeah, other than the writing. Like, the socks are dark dark blue, and then another sort of dark blue. So navy and a dark blue. Uh, and it, it looks great, to be honest. It looks really nice. But there's no whites, and Sale have always played in whites. You but have got... You've got the white... Is it a third kit or second kit? You've got red, white, and blue. Question. Italy have launched a World Cup kit. Have you seen it? Nope. Uh, is it the Mac- oh, sorry, sorry. Show me the show me the sale one. So there's the sale it. one. Look, the, the magnificent, most, magnificent. It's, it's okay. It's not a bad. Well, it's the best. Yeah. It's probably the best kit launched so far. <laughs> Especially the, the home, the, home, home the jersey most, jersey is lovely. The I most notable I, thing I, about that is is how like spaced out one of the Curry boys. I don't know which one. I assume it's Ben, Chris Ashton, and John Ross look. That's they, they look like. They look. They just look like intense professionals. Look at, <laughs> look at Johnny Ross doing up his um, doing up his stropping there. <laughs> Superb. It, Italy's rugby world cup kit. Nice. It's, yes, uh, I have seen that. I do like that. A dark blue trim rather than white. It actually looks really good. Yeah, I like uh, that. Uh, let's see that. Nice. Yeah, that is quite nice actually. That's Macron. Yeah, Macron have done yeah. some some good stuff recently. They're getting better. They are getting better. Uh, USA have released their jerseys. You want to see those? Yep, I do. It's by Canterbury, and hold on. So you've got basically you've got the change is a total inverse of that one. Oh, good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I like, like that. that. I like that's that. Sen- that's sensible. Oh, by the way, Christian Wade, another great play. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, a that four, was forty-seven good. yard his first reception in the and NFL. Multiple defenders beaten. I don't yeah. know what the American stat is. Although, and and, and I don't want to be picky, but. When I watched it, I was like, oh, man, he's playing rugby, not playing American football. Because if he was playing American football, he would have just Got run behind his blockers and scored an easy touchdown. <laughs> but he tried, he ran the wrong way. But um, but in terms of terrible j- kits... Oh, I know I what mean, you're going to say. I've got l- l- look at that for a painted on smile by Ken Owens. He's, he's it's a joke. dreadful, isn't he it? He doesn't believe... It is dreadful. He's not happy no, when he's wearing that, that so Scarlet's kit. In, in that scenario, so that this is a, the, the, bigger, the bigger shot... Yep. Of Ken Owens grimacing. Now, is Ken Owens in the better or worse position? Because Ken Owens is wearing the red jersey, which is not very nice. But once again, they've got a sympathetic colour palette with the white sponsors. Yeah, which is good. The hundreds of white sponsors. Yeah. Um, but so Ken Owens is wearing the red jersey, but unfortunately, that means he has to look at the change jersey modelled by <laughs> Lee Halfpenny because that change jersey is. An abomination. That uh, might be the worst rugby kit I've ever seen. Can I just have another look? It is absolutely dreadful. Oh my word! They've got, oh my word! I didn't realise it was so bad. It is awful. It's like a Romania kit <laughs> from the nineteen seventies. It it is Romanian. It's actually it, it is Romanian. The blue, yellow, and red trim with uh, grey and gray. horrible light. Uh, oh, what were they? Th- like when you go right, okay, we just just give us okay. So what what are what are our colours? Red and white. Okay, what should we do for the change? South Wales, isn't it? How it, about grey, yellow, blue, red? But that that <laughs> faded like the graduated 
oh. horizontal fade from ye- from which an awful yellow to an awful this? blue. Um, I think it. That's, oh, I think this might be Macron as well. So I, I did, yeah. Maybe I spoke too soon, saying they're doing some good stuff. And that is well, Macron have shown that they can do good stuff. Yeah, so come true. on, consistency is what it's all about. There is something, isn't there, about where a team is from? So obviously, you know, Italians are known for their style, and that comes through in their kits. Same with France, I suppose, like Stade Francais, Paris, artistic. Yeah, yeah. Now, South Wales is the kind of place where people think it's cool to put, um, you know, uh, like. Shape, like make your windows a, um, a bit darker on your car and fit, uh, fit a big bore exhaust. I mean, that's the sort of thing which I really enjoy. You know, full sleeve, a full sleeve tattoo. Style isn't really high up on their agenda. Spoken like you, a true North Wales. Yeah, as well. but you see this like through all of their kits. The only kit, right, which is even remotely good from South Wales, is Cardiff, and that makes sense because they live in a big city, and you know. It's a little bit more sophisticated. The other, the other towns, forget it. I mean, <laughs> you only need to look at the abominations coming out of Swansea for the last five years, and it does make sense. It all, it all stacks up. So, yeah, they had a, 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 an okay kit last year. They went a little bit back to their heritage, but that is awful. I didn't think you could make a kit that bad. I'm impressed that they've. they've <laughs> <laughs> but it does. You know, maybe they own it now. So I, I never yeah. get angry anymore with Osprey's kits because they've always been horrendous. And if yeah. they're not, they're not horrendous. Well, if they, the more horrendous they are, the better they are yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah. You expect it. Extra Chiefs, terrible. Yeah, come terrible. on, Extra Chiefs European kit. How bad yeah. is it going to be this year? Yeah, yeah, it's really bad. Woo. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's what that's that's what the that's what they're doing. That's what they're going for. And I think I think the Osprey's kit is the second most purchased kit in the Pro 14. That's a, of all the stats to have up your sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the second the most 14? purchased kit in the Pro 14? Um, or is it in the UK? It, they, they sell a remarkable... Oh, we did this ages ago. Yeah. Like, right in the early days of the podcast. Yeah, they sell a remarkable amount of kits. Yeah. But I don't know if it's like, if they do just make loads of it. Maybe, maybe do you know, like they have the winners jerseys for the losing team of the Super Bowl and they all get shipped out to Central Congo I'm wondering if maybe something happens similar with like, the Ospreys jerseys no one buys when they ship them off somewhere oh that's, that's a, that'd be a great thing to collect is the losing teams winning Super Bowl t-shirts <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be good yeah so yeah but, uh, well done well done Scarlets yes um, gents I uh, I have a Learjet I need to go and get... Are you going um, to the Diamond Hanger in Heathrow again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Diamond Hanger's Stansted. Well, actually, Diamond Hanger is Barton Air- Airfield, where Sail keep, keep their... Uh, <laughs> their private jet. Uh, they, they have a plane. Do you know that? No, I didn't. Do Sail Sharks have a, brand, have a branded aircraft. Wow. Now, it doesn't belong to Sail Sharks. It, I think They've it belongs to, to Jed Mason. But They've got their livery on it. Yep, it says Sail Sharks, and it's in it's in a hangar, which is in like, opposite the ground. So, yes, you can call that the Diamond Hanger. Well, D- Diamond genuinely travels by helicopter to w- with some of his uh, business associates to the he, race to the races at he, Aintree. And do you know what? He doesn't even bet. He doesn't gamble. Really? Yeah, he just goes there for the beer and for a, bit, a bit of banter. And the boys. Yep. Um, there, the boys. Well, just before you shoot off, Tim, there is yeah. one last thing on our little agenda. Yeah. And you put out um, a very good tweet about it this week, and it's Yorkshire Carnegie. Oh, Yes. Uh, this does not stinks. It, it, yeah, well, they've got to sign players from a, somewhere, right? They do, they do. You're right. They do. So they've signed Joe Ford and Tom Vandell. Yes, yes. That's that's the sort of headline news. Good for them. Uh, but I thought I thought all these bills had been sorted. Well, yeah, they had. So the the, the so 
last year Yorkshire Carnegie signed a load of New Zealanders on big money. Yes. Um, and then couldn't pay everyone yeah. at the end of the season. So they left uh, debtors, they left players out of pocket, medical expenses included, for injuries they picked up playing for Leeds, half a million, uh, reported half a million pounds in debt, to which they went to the receivers and agreed with all their debtors that rather than get nothing, they'll get 15p in the pound. Yeah. Once they cleared their debts, RFU said, nothing to see here, carry on, no points deduction, you're fine. And then they started signing Tom Vandell and Joe Ford. Yeah. I mean, they, that, that stinks. So I think the Ford one is kind of excusable because Ford is not just a player, he will be a coach. Um, Joe Ford in particular is a bit of a rugby nose. It will suit him perf- like perfectly. And that's kind of a, that's a fairly good investment, actually, because you need someone to teach someone rugby. Ultimately, it is a rugby club, and you need someone on the rugby, on the rugby side. Vondell is a little bit, yeah, yeah. That's not quite so quite so good because you can get lads from the academy. You know, he's a declining player. I think it's fair to say at this point. Uh, so yeah, I'd say. Probably don't do that. It's it's not it's not a particularly good uh, P, uh, PR move. Well, well it's back. The, the, the big exciting announcement has backfired because it's got a lot of uh, negative, not negative press. But I would say more than this, and I'll, I'll, I'll aim this at the RFU. The RFU have they done the right thing in the way they've dealt with Yorkshire Carnegie, and also just li- making it more about the RFU here. What's happened to the investigation into the salary cap? That's gone um, very very quiet. Well, no. Are we ever going to hear something about Let, that? Well, let's I, hope not. I would say certainly. Let's hope not prior to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, that's it would, fair. It would be terrible timing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that, yeah, actually, that's fair. I, I, I would be, I would be happy if they announced something, but just do it after the World Cup, please. Uh, when would be the best time to ditch us news? <laughs> A good day to bury bad news. Yeah, like a the day after England win the World Cup. Huh? The day yeah. after England win the World Cup would be a good time to do it. I don't know. That's what they're banking on. England win the World Cup, and then. No, when, England, when, when everyone's in a drunken press, stupor, yeah, press we'll, we'll no, push no, the press release the, out. The opposite. When England get knocked out in the group stages, then get it out. <laughs> well, either or, actually. Yeah, yeah, because, like, you know, bad news, but not as bad as the bad news. Yeah. yeah. No, or I'd, bad uh, news when there's loads of great news. Yeah, wait for a major player to get, in, get injured, and then out. <laughs> or when they get knocked out of the group stage. When they lose to France. Oh, yeah. No, do it on the verge. So they play France first, they'll lose that. Do it just before they play Argentina. No, they play Argentina first, then. Oh, France do second. they? Well, yeah. either, which, whichever way. Yeah. Whichever way. Uh, I'll You're going to run? Yeah, I'm going to run. Right. Okay. Let the boys play. Let the boys I'll play. Let, See I'll you later. Cheers, Tim. Off, off to your island. Um, now that Tim's gone, I just want to apologise um, for his uh, misuse of debtors and creditors. Yes, please do. I did notice it, that. It was, <laughs> it was egregious. The money, the money owed by the debtor to the creditors. So, there you go. Have we got games ne- next week? Um, we do. I've not got the list up. God. It, it, England, How... Ireland, maybe? Um, let me get them up. I was thinking what the fastest way to do it. I'll go for Ultimate Rugby on my phone. Yeah, it's. A, I'm pretty sure it's England, Ireland. And, and that might be the only one. I don't, I don't think Wales have got a game. Uh, Scotland have got France. And Canada have got Leinster. Now, if I was going to guess which team is going to get hammered the most... It's probably going to be Canada playing Leinster. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is you're, a... you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell! I'm, and um, also important. Um, un- this is unbelievable. It get it gets earlier every year. 
Top 14 starts again next week. Does it really? That is... That is... It actually does. It oh actually does. Oh, my God. 24th of August. That is outrageous. Yeah, so Leon absolutely panned Claremont this uh, this weekend. Did they? Yeah. In a warm-up game. Apparently. Uh, so I so I understand. Uh, so Scotland, France, uh, England, Ireland, Canada, Leinster. There's no point in really talking about this because we don't know what, what teams are going to show up. So I think Scotland, Scotland will play... Yeah, Scotland will play much closer <coughs> to a first team. They have to. And they will want to get something out of it. Yeah. And then... I think that I think they've got a reasonable chance of getting something out of it as well. I don't know. Not if France play like they did last night. Um, so you're going for a France win? Yes, I am. Give me Scotland if they play a, a close to full strength team. England, Ireland. I can only see bad things happening in, in England, Ireland. Hmm. It it feels so. This is. I'm starting to get a bit nervous about like, key players getting injured. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I mean, I would almost if I were Eddie. Bring in like an England XV, like a, a team that is outside the World Cup um, training yeah, squad. They're doing the a Cup lot squad. of work. They're playing a lot of rugby. I, you could, it, you, I, I mean, you obviously hope it doesn't happen, but you can see another like Jordan Murphy style incident, or Lee Halfpenny from last year, uh, last World Cup, or Reese Webb, Webb, or or Gareth Anscombe from this World Cup cycle. Yeah, um, yeah, and hopefully for Canada, they'll get the Leinster. Academy or something because <laughs> it's not going to be Johnny Sexton Co. Okay. Yeah, it won't be the Island team. It'll probably be a fair game, actually. That um, Canada versus Leinster, Leinster B team. Mm. Yeah. Um, right. Well, that's great. Shall we? Shall I wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. Okay. Find us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. Me at Jay Beardmore. Uh, Tim at Cocker. Um, we do have a Facebook which we don't use, so I would recommend you don't use it. And uh, <laughs> I think that's about it. And, and one last thing. One last order of business. Uh, massive thank you to uh, Aylesbury legend Paul Millam who took us out for dinner. Oh yeah, we had a great beer with uh, with Millam yeah, and, uh, and Adam Adam on uh, <laughs> Tuesday night. Lots and lots of Negronis. So thank you, thank you kindly for that. It was much much appreciated. And I'm, I think I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm so bunged up. I've got this horrible reaction to, to alcohol. <laughs> and you've been drinking solidly. And I've been since drinking Tuesday. solidly since Tuesday. <laughs> that sounds tragic. I'm, it's not really. That's not really what I do. No, you, you've. I've seen your Strava. You've been doing a lot of uh, runs. The the hangover run, mate, is the most important oh. run that you'll do. I'm not doing a hangover. Run you've today. got to do it. If you do, if you do your run when you feel your worst, it's easier. And also, you don't break the habit. No, I, d- I did a 5K, I think possibly my second ever 5K yesterday morning, and I hated every second of it. I hate every second of it. I hate running. It's so, so, it's so, so bad. Anyway, Jogging. enough of that. Uh, we'll, see you, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.